0: Hello and welcome to the Junk Time Alpha podcast for round 14, 2022. We're coming to you from Wayne Jackson Studios. My name is Michael Chamberlain and joining me is a man who is furious at the media's reaction to Jordan Dugowie. It is Adam Rosenbach.
1: G'day Michael, g'day Junk Timers. Furious, filthy, absolutely, I I am about... uh, Mate, seriously, like what... Let's take it back to the beginning Now, Not many people, not many of the junk timers would know that I am actually Jordan Degoe's manager. Mm, now, yeah. we like to keep this on the down low. It's not a big deal, you know. I get uh, 10% of everything he earns. Uh, I help him get into nightclubs in New York. I'm that kind of guy. I know people. <laughs> now, Jordy came to me. Uh, Collingwood, they're on a buy. They've got a mid-season break. And he mm. said, hey, Rosie, Rose Dog, I'm going to head down. To the peninsula, might head down to say Sorrento, maybe Blair Gowry, might even venture all the way to Portsy. I said, mate, what are you fucking crazy? Are you mad, Geordie? Have you lost <laughs> your fucking mind? I said, It's freezing in Melbourne at the moment. What you need to do, my friend, you need to get some sunshine. He said, Should I go to the goalie? I go, mate, they've only got right. a four dimension they've only got a four dimension cinema up there. You need five. You're that kind of bloke. I said, Geordie, what you need to do, get yourself to Bali. Get yourself to a packed nightclub. Make sure someone films you there uh, with a mystery lady and... Make sure it looks as sus as you can have it Uh and get yourself over there. And also, while you're there, to keep up your fitness, and this is what I said to him. I said, make sure you train with a fifth-rate football team full of expats who are pretty much drinking every day that they're over there. But you get yourself and you train with the barley geckos, mate. You make sure that you get and source them and use them for all their wealth.
0: Well, I mean, it worked out a treat. Your plan went. It has perfectly. gone down well, hasn't it? Instead of going down to Sorrento or something, you know, getting mm. a nice place, Millionaires Row down there. Oh, yeah, head better to than Bali. That. Not a squeak out of him. Now, yeah. I found it absolutely amazing that he actually got allowed to go to Bali. I found that incredible. And I, I, actually, so much. I think it was um, was it Sunday Footy Show? No, A Footy Show. I may be Footy classified. Yep. And Kane Corns was like. Saying, I can't believe they let him go to Bali, and he's like, "I don't care, come at me." It's like, mate, we're <laughs> we're me. all agreeing with you. There is yes, no the f- way he should have gone to Bali.
1: Well, I no see, Michael. That's that's where you're wrong because I said maybe not Bali. We we Jordy and I debated it once. I said, get yourself to Bali because well, I what? was
0: pushing for Cancun. Oh, okay, gotcha. This is probably where your managerial style comes into play, like how you mm. get the best out of your clients. You know? Yes. I said uh,
1: Cancun. What about Vegas for a couple of nights? You know, just mm-hmm. what about all of them? You've got a week off, mate. Just hit it. You've got the money. We're, sorry, we've got the money. Just hit as <laughs> well, many hotspots as you can.
0: I, well, if you're like I've got the money. Yes, I promise yes. you. Yeah, <laughs> I, I take you, a lot of. You'll get your share. Yeah. Just when a couple of ponies come in, come in first.
1: <laughs> I, I found it fascinating, one, that he did go to Bali, but two, that they said that, you know, uh, this is even before the shit went down, that he was training with the Bali Geckos. And you're just yeah. like, that is not an AFL standard team. Like if I see that and go, oh, mate, he's keeping himself in good nick over there. He's training with a with a football team. And you go, who's he, who's he with? Yeah, the, the Bali Geckos. Right, and and they are just a bunch of blokes who chose to live in Bali and just thought they'd have a kick of the footy, did they? Yeah, okay.
0: It's it's a little bit like me kind of, you know, going, oh, look, I just want to practice my bowling for a bit. Mm. You know, got a got a tour coming up. We're going to yep. India. Yeah. Uh, might just head down and just bowl a few of the under twelves down the road. Like <laughs> yeah. like what's just he doing? Like nets. if they're doing circle work, like is he like lapping them like five times before they kick the ball? Like what kind of what kind of fitness are you getting out of this?
1: Yeah, and what kind of skill level? Like is it you know, he's running out for a lead and the ball's going eight meters over his head and he's like, Oh, this is perfect. Well, it's that's like Mason Cox has kicked it to me.
0: Like is he there, kind of? <laughs> Is it there going like I just really want to work on my skills of the ball bouncing twelve times at right angles before it comes <laughs> to me from twenty meters? Like, yeah, what's he yeah. actually getting out of that adventure apart from like a few, you know, a few photos? And then, then I mean, yeah, and I mean, I'm gonna imagine that the yeah, the geckos don't have the most, you know, strict of routines. I imagine <laughs> I it's like, have so. I imagine it's like, you know, you're allowed to play even if you are point one two on a weekend
1: (laughs) yeah 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 i'd love to know um they they need to do a blood alcohol rating so next to the score so you got your scoreboard but next to the um you've got each player you know how like you've got your super coach points when people play super coach you see the points you've got your blood alcohol content of each of the barley geckos as they run around who do the barley geckos play by the way
0: That's a good question, actually, because I imagine if I don't really know much about where Bali is in terms like what's nearby, but I'm gonna I'm gonna imagine there are maybe a few expat teams in in Bali, but then in terms of traveling to other other locations, like it'd be a bit of a hike, wouldn't it, to get to other other parts of Indonesia?
1: Well, I guess if they are playing other teams in Indonesia, which I can't imagine, there's uh, you know huge amounts of teams in Jakarta, but also they're quite close to the Tiwi Islands and Darwin, so perhaps they are. Playing like, imagine you're going out with someone, and they're like, I've got to go to Bali again. And she's like, You're playing footy. And you're like, Mate, it's what I do. I'm a footballer. You you can't take this away from me. I have to go to Bali every second week to play the geckos. The gecko seems like a front for a never ending footy trip,
0: dude. Actually, I think this shows what the geckos are up to. I'm actually at work at the Australian Broadcast Corporation. Mm-hmm. And I tried to log on to the Barley Geckos <laughs> website. Now obviously, yep. like you know, security—they block various websites. This is how suspect. The ABC is on <laughs> on the Bali Geckos. Their 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 website is blocked. I cannot get onto their website. So shall I get onto right? their, get onto their Facebook page or get on the Instagram first? They're probably keen. Instagram Instagram's probably a nice little one to. Okay, so
1: just a bit of background. I can get into it because you know I oh, am, yeah. Uh, I'm on. Uh, I've got a tour browser. I'm on the dark web. Um, so the Bali Geckos. they were formed in '97. So up until '97, like before that, they were just a bunch of piss blokes sitting around going, "Should we have a kick?" And they're like, "No, nah, fuck that." I'm just. I'm just having another fucking. I'm having another bin tang, mate. I'm not taking this single off for anyone.
0: Yeah, fuck. Actually, you get on the Bali Geckos Instagram, and mm. so the fifth photo. Uh, the duck. Paid a visit, okay. So they're keeping it classy. Oh, <laughs> keeping it classy <laughs> at the Bali Geckos. Okay, I like it. Um, so let me think. So this is a day ago, they're playing some kind of masters. So it was Australia versus the rest of the world women's team. High quality match. Australian girls winning. Both teams showcasing the continued growth and development. Um. <sighs> Then oh got, now,
1: now you told me that uh, Jordan DeGoey had was at an establishment called Finn's, is that correct? He was at a bar yeah,
0: or a yeah. venue called Finn's, which is briefly. like I didn't I didn't I don't know that bar in particular, but it, it looked like a kind of either by a beach or by a pool. So um, it sounds like
1: a beach club perhaps, so you got the yeah, beach club. Yeah, had got a bit pool, of a lounging area. Um, so the um how, the Barley Geckos are housed within the resplendent confines of the Finns Recreation Club. So they are in an actual oh, nightclub.
0: It's like the uh, it's like the AFL going onto their hub. Like, you go to yes. the Barley Geckos hub. Scrolling down more, there's Ricky Olerenshaw. He's there. Now, Ricky's actually a Barley local now.
1: Yes, yes, he is a local. And I think he was very upset with the handling that they've had of uh, Jordan degoey He said he was just, you know, he's just here... Having a few drinks with some mates, you know people have people have kicked off on him, and they shouldn't.
0: He talked about. I think he. I think Ricky got him down to train with them. Yeah. Um, and then he talked about th- uh, going. Put up footage of him going into fins, I think, and then getting a deep tissue massage, and that was at a place that was owned by Ricky Olareschew. So, kang kang kangug. kang-ug um. Uh, No, Kangoo <laughs> I, can't, I can't read well uh, Massage parlour uh, So, you know So Ricky's gone from strength to strength
1: But he used Absolutely. to be a player
0: manager as well, didn't he?
1: He was and wasn't he also a physio? I believe that was his background
0: Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha When he wasn't yeah. a boundary rider Yes, yes,
1: a very successful one of uh one of the greatest boundary riders that ever went. He hadn't mastered English, which I think brought him undone a little bit <laughs> while he was boundary riding.
0: I know when people are going like, "Geez, you can understand Dipper, but then you better can <laughs> Ricky Larinshaw." You go, "Geez, I got I got to work on this." Now, another thing also is that is managed by his brother-in-law, so that's a red flag right there. Yes, yeah. Well, and and you. I think
1: any any time a family member goes you know what, I reckon I can give this uh, management thing a crack. Yeah. You know, You reckon? Oh, yeah. It, it can't be that hard. And that way we get to share in more of the spoils together. And you're like, done. What do we need to do?
0: Well, I actually found it quite interesting listening to Jared Waitler on Crunch Time on SCN. He was talking about the idea that by the fact that he has his brother-in-law as his manager mm. is a sign that he does not want to be managed. That he oh, doesn't want to have those hard conversations. And I think he talked about his former manager had yep. a strong conversation with I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to muck up the name of the player but the manager had had a hard conversation with that player about saying you've come back unfit, you've got to lift your game yep. and that player cracked the sads and left him. So <laughs> he was saying like basically you know, if you're going to go around, the guy's apparently like a certified manager now but if yes, you're going to okay. go around to to that angle, you just feel it, it just feels a bit not right, hey?
1: Well no, you, you don't want to be like your management deal shouldn't come down to um, a chat over Christmas lunch.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah.
1: Also, too, if you're if you are say at Christmas and you're there with the um, manager slash brother-in-law and you're like, should we have another shot? And your manager's like, yeah, 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 let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's get into it. You know, it's
0: Christmas. Let's let's have a fireball. Well, you hear, heard the story about um, uh, you know, this may not be true or whatever, but uh. What's that stopped us before? But Mark is when Todd Viney stopped to stop playing to coach him. Yep. Um Story goes, they were walking down the street after a session and they walked past an ice cream shop and Filippusis was like, I'm going to have one of them. And Viney was like, no, you're not. We're, d- we're working. We're, we're training. We're doing hard work. You're not going to ruin your work by having ice cream. And he's like, no, nah, I'm going to have one. And then I think he was having it and Viney like chucked it in the bin or something or knocked it out of his hands. And then, like, a day later, Viney got sacked.
1: (laughs) All over the ice cream. Yeah. And that, you know, that goes to show that uh, the Pooh clearly didn't want to get to number one because he preferred the golden gay time on the side.
0: The Pooh. Is he one of Australia's great tragedies, or do you think he ended up kind of doing as good as he possibly could?
1: i mean i think he was like an un, uh what would you say an untapped talent i think he had a lot more talent but again you know if you're fucking eating ice creams because you know you hear about players who are like weighing their food and you yeah. know like nathan buckley was insane about what they ate and you go i got the absolute best out of myself you can't say that about mark Phillips, Bernard burn atomic you can definitely say absolutely. has got the absolute tapped every bit of talent that is available in that little brain of his. Bernard's
0: actually going to be so well remembered that he will actually have a statue out the front of the G, even though he never actually played his sport on the G. That's how yeah, big it's going to be.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And also, it will be the statue will be him in a bronze BMW that's orange that he can <laughs> no that he can no longer afford. <laughs>
0: But, I mean, talk about that. I think I've told this story in the pod as well. But there was a, a, someone told me a story, a journal about going to uh, somewhere with Collingwood. They went on a maybe a marketing promotional trip or something. And they went to have lunch before they headed home. And there was a bit of chocolate cake in the, you know, cafe. And Nathan yeah. Buckley, it got into his head. And he's like, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. But eventually he was like, I have to have a piece of chocolate cake. And so he had it. And then it kind of tormented him so much that then he like ran 10 kilometers to the airport and like apparently, <laughs> apparently, like beat the taxi there. Mm. <laughs> but to, that's to, how much, to, you know. Like, and yeah. didn't he notoriously like not eat pizza for like three years or something?
1: No, You've you got to have your pizza.
0: And then it worked out perfectly fine, and he's not haunted at all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> not at all. I'll tell you what, one of the greatest stories that uh, I've ever read. Now, you told me, so this story was familiar to you. I did not know about it. So it came out last week as an article on Fox Footy uh, website. And it was talking about a punch-on between former West Coast superstars Andrew Embley and Daniel Chick in the 2007 off-season. So they've won the flag in 2006. And then they got in a little bit of a dust-up post the celebrations. So they're at the club. And what I love about it, is Andrew Emily was getting a massage and Daniel Chick has just started punching the fuck out of him during said massage.
0: Now, I I thought about that. Do you think he is lying on his back and getting the massage or do you think he's on front and getting the massage? Because it it really does change the version of events in terms of like the pros and cons of attacking him. In terms of like if he's on his stomach and Mm. Chickie comes from behind and he has his back to him, then you go, low dog. But then I, I think if you're lying oh, oh, on oh, that or, or,
1: or does he throw an uppercut through the hole so at least hole. get a chance. So he at least get a chance to see it coming. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what are you complain about? I punched through the hole, mate.
1: <laughs> mate, you fucking told me coming. I was laying there for two minutes when you opened the door. But then, then if he's
0: on his back and Chicky's mm. coming at him and he yeah. can, you know, he's got peripheral vision, then I think that's fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> then it's game on. So, okay. I think so, it's fair enough, yeah.
1: So, Junk Times, if you're out there, massage on your back, you're fucking wide open. Massage on your front, you're safe.
0: <laughs> And so then Embley uh they got broken up by people in the club and then Embley um went out with Daniel Chick. He said, Let's calm things down, let's relax, let's have a few drinks, go out to dinner. It was a day off the next day. And so yeah. Embly said, Yeah, we'll go out with um Daniel Kerr. When's that ever gone wrong? And <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: the thing. Imagine being at that club and you're like, And the calming who do influence is Daniel Kerr. <laughs> Who do I go to? You go. Should I call cousin? Oh, maybe not. I don't think he's. Um, I need a zen like a zen
0: like person right now to really, <laughs> yeah. you know, sort these problems out. Someone with yeah. a lot of common sense and rationality. Yeah, so I go, <laughs> I go to Curry.
1: <laughs> so Curry says, "Don't worry. We'll just go out for dinner and have a couple of drinks and forget about it." Now, I don't know if the fr- I don't know if a couple of drinks exists in the West Coast lexicon no like no, a couple. No. Yeah, it's just, it's not a couple. It's like, we'll go out, we'll have a couple of drinks, we'll somehow, even though we're in Perth, we'll end up in Vegas, one of, we'll be, one of us will be flatlining.
0: <laughs> we'll play a little game where we turn on an iron as hot as we can, we'll put <laughs> yeah. it on our chest and see who, yeah. who screams first.
1: So Emily says, so I went out for dinner with Daniel and sort of had a couple and a couple more and a couple more. It was a Monday and our day off was a Tuesday. So they've gone out. He's been bashed on the massage table. They've gone out and gotten blind on a Monday because they've got the Tuesday off. As you should do, as any team should do. you got the Tuesday off, fucking go to town on the Monday. That's what uh, it's there for. Blow uh, some steam.
0: Then he talks about getting a bit more agitated as they go through the evening. And he, he yeah. said he had a few red wines. I actually don't really know of anyone who gets a bit aggro on the red wines. It's, I feel like... I it's mean, very calming mostly, isn't it? Well, I figure. And also, I feel like... if. Red wine presents a, a version of sophistication where you're kind of not into, you know, punching people or getting aggressive, even though they have, they have attacked you while you're on a massage table. <laughs> but it doesn't strike me as an aggressive kind of drink. Like you think beer drinking, you think maybe, you know, spirits can make beer people a bit weird.
1: Yeah. I mean, Bundaberg Rum has a has a reputation for a reason.
0: <laughs> I mean, I ha- I know when I have a night on the metho. Like, yeah, yeah. Look out. We'll yeah, out. no,
1: you, you're wild. That's why I never, I never hang out with you when you're on the metho. So, um, so Daniel Chick's not actually there. So it's just uh, Embley and Kerr, hmm. and he says after about ten p.m. I lost it. I said, "That's it. Let's find him. Let's belt him now." So they've had a couple of reds, but also you say the reds don't cause an issue. Stephen May, I imagine they would have been. Were they on the reds at the at Entrecote?
0: Uh, that's a good question. I don't know if we, the Black Ops have gone into that. I mean, that, if they did release the report, obviously that mm. kind of stuff would be redacted. Yeah, um, yeah, true. true. You know, you can't be getting that that kind of information getting out there because then fans would be taunting Stephen May at the ground, mm. ground, wouldn't they? They'd be holding, yeah. you know, a little shiraz over the boundary. <laughs> but having said that, <laughs> yeah. I mean, full body they're Melbourne staff. supporters. Are yeah, they waving true. or are they going? offering it to the bay next to them going, oh, do you want some <laughs> of the 48? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Would you like some pitfalls uh, So Embley continues to go, so I end up calling Chickie about 10 p.m. on the Monday night. Uh, he says, in hindsight, of course, I shouldn't have done this. Well, you can't. You definitely can't call Daniel Chick after 10 o'clock on a Monday night. Uh, he says, yeah, after a few red wines, uh, I said some explicits. That's not a word. Uh, and basically, in a nutshell, told him, you're gutless, you're weak, you want to do it properly, let's put the gloves on, put the mouth guard in, and we'll meet tomorrow morning and box on properly. So their day off, he's had a few reds, he's going to go in there with a hangover, pop the mouth guard in, and finish it off properly. They're going to sort it out.
0: If I had to insult Chicky in that phone call, given that mm. by then he'd had the finger lopped off, I would have been, "Oh yeah, you're 99.95% of the man I am. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you you, you, you can't uh, you can't hang on to stuff as well as I can. You're just not you're just not the same kind of person. So he yeah. says. Uh, so Chicky didn't answer the late night phone call. So he's left a message to that effect. Come on, Chicky. But he said I I, I specifically told him to meet at the club at seven a.m. sharp the following morning. Now what kind of fuckwit says on their day off? On their day off. Mate, 11 o'clock, maybe 12. We'll see how we're going. I might have a sleep in. I might go to the cafe, get some avocado, maybe a poached eggs eggs on top of that. But, you know, I'm going to take it easy. I'll see you in there around lunchtime.
0: 7 a.m. What the fuck are you doing?
1: Well, then on top of that
0: as well, on top Mm. of that, he says, I got there. Mm. And Chicky hadn't showed up. Yeah. And so he said, I went and did like a bit of recovery, got into the spa. And then he's like, something along the lines, like, then at 7 a.m., Chicky showed up on the dot and it's like When when did you get there? Like you got there earlier. Earlier for like on your day off.
1: So you know what's happened if you work it out, he's with Daniel Kerr. They haven't gone home. So they've rocked up back at the club. They're at the club at about five thirty in the morning. He's probably sleeping on a massage table and gone woke like somehow woken up at six forty and gone, Fucking hell, I better get in the spa. I need to, you know, get in the spa, have a piss, do whatever he needs to do. Yeah, sure. like uh,
0: Like the early morning um groundskeeper Mm. uh, has, you know, woken him up in the forward pocket and just said, come on, (laughs) come on, Andrew, come on, Andrew.
1: (laughs) Yeah. The sound of the lawnmower firing up to mow the (laughs) ground is going, fucking hell, I'm going to wake up. So he says, uh, as I'm walking back into the change rooms, next thing I see, Chicky comes storming in 7am in the morning, no one around. We're in the locker rooms and before you knew it, it is on. Me and Chickie are just throwing them just completely. It's pretty vague after that, but I remember then suddenly it was like UFC, and we we're going into lockers, bouncing around.
0: Now I feel like they they did a version of this story on the Footy Show a couple of years ago, a few years ago, maybe seven or eight. And I feel like they actually got into the ring, but maybe I'm being. I, it would be online. Junk time is out there. If you a, da, a purple about to call him Damien Barrett, how rude of me. Yep. Purple did like a kind of a. In-depth. Exposé, yeah, where they talk to officials, coaches, players. Oh, Embley so it was a was big deal. Well, it, it was like it was almost like an evening with Damien Barrett talking about yeah. the Eagles in that time, and I don't think I don't I don't think he talked to cars or any kind of like the the massive names. I think he talked to the more you know uh, sensible ones, I suppose. Like I remember yeah. Embley was on it. But I, I had the idea they got into the actual ring, but I could be making that up. I could be forgetting Well,
1: mate, uh, we're d- I'm quoting Andrew Embley here. Why would he Why well, would I'm he a, lie?
0: I'm only saying by the fact that I actually went out to dinner with Curry and Embley that night, <laughs> so therefore my memory is a bit vague. <laughs> yeah, right, I, right. You know, but that happens. So, so then, then he Peter,
1: says, uh, Peter Worsfold, uh, John Warsfold's brother, hmm. with the fucking jobs for the boys, pulled us off and that was basically it. We didn't have time to get the mouthguards in. It was bare knuckles.
0: So it was broken up, they said, "Oh you know they actually you know what they should have done actually. they should have said, seven a m let's settle mm. this on the massage table yeah, and then the thing I like about the eagles is that they can they can have a bit of a tussle mate. yeah a little bit of a little bit of a tiff, but then yeah. eventually it's all worked out. It's yeah. all worked out fine. they shake hands they uh they you know they can get around they can get around each other
1: yeah, this is what the eagles were good
0: at. And they all forgive each other, yeah. Because the next day they said, Uh, uh he uh, they were sitting next to each other." And Wusha said, "So who won the fight?" Yeah. And Embley says, "I'm looking at chicken." And he's looking at me. We're a bit sheepish, tail in between our legs. Mm. Neither of us answered the question. You got answer, the question, okay. okay? You got answer. Is th- this is why Wush is the best, mate. Right? This is why yeah. Wush. This is why Wush oversaw an absolute culture <laughs> of destruction. <laughs> At the West Coast Eagles, yeah. where people are still, still struggling to get their lives uh, on the straight <laughs> and narrow. Yeah, absolutely. And this is why he's so good. <laughs> yeah, no, this is why they love him. When Mooshal was like, going, hey, we're top of the ladder, so I'm just going to uh, turn my back and ignore <laughs> all of these yep. uh, fucking glaring uh, warning signs yeah, these <laughs> glaring in front cultural of the all. issues within right our club. Now. The fact that
1: uh, someone got bashed on a massage table, mm-hmm. went out. Got blind, came into the club, punched on again. Going to ignore it, and here's how I'm going to do it.
0: And then Woosh said, well, judging by the fact there is no bruises on both of you, it must have been a pretty shit fight.
1: <coughs> He's got him, Fucking, mate, you make light of it, you laugh, you fucking, you, you move on. You've had a laugh. you, Good on you, you punched a guy on a massage table. You've followed it up with another punch on in the workspace and then you make a joke and everyone moves on. It's, it's how society should work, Michael.
0: And that's the thing I like about the West Coast Eagles and Woosher and, and, mm. and all the people involved who knew what was going on. What I like about the West Coast Eagles, and, and particularly yeah. in this scenario as well, there are no repercussions. <laughs> there are no repercussions for your no. actions, whether they be uh, no. fighting, you know, club, not illegal. But then no. others, when they push the letter of the law or break the yeah. letter of the law, I like the idea that they went, you know what? Yeah. We're not going to do anything because. No, <laughs> no. What
1: would you, mate? It sorted itself out. Like when Chad Fletcher came back to life, they go, how was the afterlife? Were you any good in that? Uh, not really. Yeah, you fucking weak dog. Ha, ha, ha. We all laugh. And they just move on. Don't worry about the fact that he got himself so fucked up that he basically died. If you make light of it, then you fucking move on. You have a bit of a chuckle. And that's the end of it. I don't know. I don't know why we're still talking about it, Michael.
0: Yeah, we've, 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 yeah, well, yeah, let, let's put that chapter to bed, you know, that, that chapter to bed we very rarely have talked about uh, <laughs> for the last 15 years.
1: You know what I like, though, is just the fact that uh, just two blokes at work, punching on. Like, imagine mm. you and I just at work one day, just fucking toe-to-toe, and then the next day you're like, ah, remember that time and uh, punch on? Ah, oh, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. Oh, uh,
0: I mean, uh, yeah, it has happened a lot, I reckon. Uh, there's, yes. and you would know this bloke, and this guy's a fiery character. But there are two times I thought I was going to get punched by a bloke. And that was because I was trying, I was aware that he might punch another bloke.
1: Oh, right. So is comedians, obviously.
0: And in that, he turned around to me and said, That's how you get a fucking broken nose. Because I was like, I'm maybe trying to defend the person that he was attacking. Yeah, yeah, he very much swung around and then apologized the next day and said, "Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean that." And I was like,
1: Right. then you have a laugh yeah, and move on." You know, he did say.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then the only thing I found out worse was that I found out at the end of that job that just by the fact of the particular insurance that I had was that I, um, if it turned out that bloke did punch me, hmm. and I wanted to do the old ring a ding ding, oh, give me that money. I couldn't have got it because I just didn't have. I didn't have the right insurance. I was like, and that was my first thought. They said, "Oh, you need to upgrade your insurance." Like, oh man, if he punched me in the face, how lucky? Because I wouldn't have got that money. So you would have cleaned up. Yeah. Anyway, he's your mate. Now
1: now I'm getting in trouble. So uh, moving on, there is a uh, Collingwood supporter who has floated the way that Tasmania can get their own team. Did you read this story during the week?
0: Yeah, it's funny. I've been I've been hearing about this Collingwood supporter for a little bit. Um, Mm. I I haven't heard kind of a great deal from him of late. Just by the fact, well, I figure it's like a Collingwood supporter, like he actually just barracks with the club. Like, why do you? Yeah. How many supporters just kind of off their own back kind of write out a plan for a new expansion (laughs) team? I think that'd be (laughs) kind of a strange thing to do, wouldn't it? Yeah,
1: or why we would even uh you know uh, give it airtime?
0: Or why would we pay attention to it when obviously there are you know. Obviously, people in other positions who have been, you know, researching this and thinking about this kind of stuff and the ramifications and financial ramifications for the league and expansion of the of the competition, been working on this for months and months, maybe years. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then someone found there was like <laughs> a, a, a three minute gap to fill on Footy Classified. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so Eddie McGuire's um, uh, proposed plan to get a team into Tasmania, he suggested... So North Melbourne, he said, North Melbourne, mate, fucking forget it. Forget about Melbourne. What are you what are you doing, mate? Forget mm-hmm. it. You are going to be the Tasmanian team. And this is how North Melbourne will become the Tasmanian team. They will play 11 home games in Victoria and 11 home games in Tasmania, Michael, mm. with a $20 million injection from the state government. So instead of a 19th team, it's 18th, but they become the hybrid sort of, you know... Tassie kangaroos, I guess you would call them.
0: I think you probably would have to, wouldn't you? Would you have to get rid of the North Melbourne, or or do they go back to the um, the kangaroos? Just like the they kangaroos were a few years ago?
1: Probably, you probably become a little bit generic. Can I just say though that I reckon um, seventeen other clubs who realise that North Melbourne, or sorry, the kangaroos. Uh, never have to travel outside of Victoria apart from Tassie. They never have uh, to go to Perth. They never have to go to Adelaide. don't have to go to Sydney. don't have to go to the Goldie. Uh, just uh, 17 other presidents and teams would just go, uh, Collingwood supporter, how about you go uh, fuck yourself? Because that's yeah, the worst sure. idea we've ever heard.
0: Well, this Collingwood supporter talked about back when North said no to go in the Goldie that he talked about maybe taking Collingwood up to play in the Goldie for 11 matches. So it's kind of the same thing he wanted to do for Collingwood back in the day.
1: Yeah, it's funny how, like, if he really wanted to do it, how it didn't happen. Sure, he was, he really, really wanted Collingwood, you know, to play 11 home games on the Gold Coast. Mm-hmm. He really pushed for that because we all remember how much he really, you know, was like, I don't want to, we don't want a team up there. We want Collingwood to play games in the Gold Coast every week.
0: It definitely felt like that at the time. I don't know if you remember, like, do you remember he, he, he wouldn't let it go? He'd no. said, I want, I want Collingwood. To play half the year in the heart of football, yeah. Like he's like almost like I actually 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 I'm a bit offended that you've been asking North Melbourne about going to Gold Coast. You haven't been asking Collingwood about going to the Gold Coast because that's basically been our dream ever since we were founded, you know, 130 140 years ago. The main ambition, even though they did have the meeting in a pub in Collingwood, yeah, in um, Smith Street, their main ambition was eventually to get to the Gold Coast.
1: Oh, it's everyone's dream. And I'm surprised that Eddie didn't make it happen. Like, I, I'm surprised that Collingwood even exist in Melbourne at all. Like, mm. how they're not the Gold Coast Magpies is just... Mm. That is that is the AFL shutting down one of the most brilliant um, ideas that we've ever had in our football journey.
0: I like this one too. It's radical idea. Mm. <laughs> I mean, you better take a seat, Adam. His radical idea that this uh, Tasmanian team, mm. they should hire... Alistair Clarkson. Whoa. Hang on. Are you telling me, Collingwood supporter, Eddie, I don't know the rest of your name. Are you telling me (laughs) that you want to hire the best coach of the last generation? Wait a second, Eddie. This sounds like a trap. This sounds like a trap. Set them up to fail.
1: I mean, uh, why don't they listen to this Eddie guy more? He's obviously got really good ideas. And it just seems that, like, you know, straight away, the AFL gone, fucking hell, who's this Who's this Clarko bloke he's speaking about? Fucking hell, he coached Hawthorne to Four Flags. He's just fucking, he's gone under the radar. We should have, we should have thought about this months ago. And
0: then he talks about commercially beneficial fixture arrangements for blockbuster matches in Melbourne and Tasmania, as well as premium TV slots in the next TV rights deal. Which is... Um
1: the thing he's forgetting about, when you... Have a blockbuster match. You need a blockbuster
0: team. That's actually a point I was going to make. Yeah. I gonna <laughs> you say, can't like, just say
1: it's a blockbuster and you go, uh, it, "It's not." Yeah, you know. yeah.
0: I mean, today there was like Gold Coast, Adelaide at like three uh, twenty Eastern yep. Standard Time. Like, I think it'd be a bit rich if the commentators were all going, "Like, we have a blockbuster." It's like, no, <laughs> yeah, we yeah. have eyes. We we can see <laughs> yeah, what's yeah, happening exactly. on the field.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like you know, even though Carlton and Essendon played a few weeks ago, and it was Essendon's one hundred and fiftieth, and you get it, they gave him the Friday night um, slot. But just because two of the big teams are in it, if one of them shit, it's not a fucking blockbuster.
0: Well, that's the thing; it's hardly going to be like we've got Port Adelaide and we've got the Tasmanian Kangaroos, traditional yeah. rivals. No, they're not. <laughs> no, no, they haven't been. They're not oh, the be. history! Remember that time they played <laughs> ten weeks ago at yeah. night on a on a Sunday. And then actually I thought this one was kind of flying outside the box and I was like, what's his angle here? And he talks about free access to KO for all the members. So all the Tasmanian members and all the North Melbourne members get, get free access to KO. Now I'm thinking he's not at Foxtel anymore. Does he get does he what you got a taste? You got a taste of the you got a taste of the shares? Oh, You reckon he's getting a bit of bit of KO you reckon shares?
1: he's Someone's got shares in KO.
0: You're bringing in a bit of that KO money, are you, mate? Hey, you also, too, though,
1: you give you give them... Okay, so that's saying that the Melbourne supporters would be able to watch them when they play in Tassie. But also, the Tassie fans would just be like, oh, I can't be fucked going and sitting in six-degree weather. I've got free KO. Got I'm just KO. Not, I'm not going to the game.
0: <laughs> just like, I've, I've got to watch my iPad, watching my laptop, <laughs> watching my phone. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know, I've got free
1: KO, mate. And, you know, now that I've got free KO... All of my friends have free Ko because I've given them the login. <laughs> so basically, Ko—he's just basically killed off Ko.
0: Um, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe that's his thing. Maybe he's 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 maybe he's like from Big Ko and he's like trying to. Uh, hey, but they talked about here John Elliott and it's been talked about a bit. John Elliott wanted to take Carlton up to Sydney to play twelve, eleven games back in the day. Right? Would you have? How do you think? Okay, consider your feeling now, okay, as a Carlton fan, if they did say, okay, we're playing 11 in Sydney, playing 11 at Marvel, like, do you care about that? Or do you go, oh, I kind of want to play in Perth, I want to play in Adelaide, like...
1: Uh, you know what, no. I, actually, if, if that is the deal that's put in front of you, it's not the worst, because then you basically, you have two grounds, which you know, and you can dominate. Mm. So say if it was just, uh, Carl, for example, like you said, Carlton, if Carlton just played in Melbourne and Sydney and that was it... I would not have a problem with... So would that mean that Carlton would play West Coast in Sydney? Is that kind of where that... Would
0: uh, I that think would have to happen that like that, I, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think it, I mean, it would obviously fuck with the um, the fixture in terms of like, you know, home games would have to be kind of uh, played in a different type of way. Be complicated, yep. that's what I'm trying to say. Like a relationship, it yeah.
1: But no, oh, I don't see that as being a, a massive issue because then you're only playing really two grounds and that way you go well that gives us more control you know because they say when you go down to Geelong or you know up in up in the Gold Coast or if you go to Darwin there's the weather conditions up there but if you're just Sydney Melbourne you go that's not such a bad deal
0: hmm. footballers in real life hit me from Alex at the Cambosis a junior v Haney fight a couple of weekends ago yeah yes it was which was a mecca for absolute dead shits <laughs> <laughs> on the topic, I see the Whiz Kappa. Yep, the you were a Kappa of oh, starring in his own porno fame, also sitting in the cheap seats, level two, forty nine dollars because I'm doing very well. The Whiz had on black, uh had all black on with understated and elegant leopard print sunnies on. <laughs> <laughs> He's a classy man. Uh despite it being indoors at Marvel. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. That is cool. I would have gone. I would have gone with the black sunglasses for Weaves, and then everything else leopard print. That's yeah. That, that does
1: surprise me. It's very. It is understated for him. I will give him that.
0: Uh, number two, walking fr- again from Alex, walking through High Point Shopping Centre. I see a tall, lanky, four hundred gamer, Dustin Martin, uh, Dustin Fletcher, of four hundred gamer fame, in a blue hoodie, walking through the centre, tucking into a takeaway container of what looked to be steam dumplings. Good detail. Ah, Fletch. Uh, number three, uh, walking to the train station through Footscray, I walk past a certain uh, mustachioed omballer for the Bulldogs walking his dog. Ton Liberatore of Macau Lightning fame. <laughs> in a sh- in a show of the type of marketing synergy the panel of Gruen would uh, get very <laughs> excited about, I'll redact that. Yep. Uh, over his dog. It's a Bulldog of some variety. Oh. I don't know the breeds very well.
1: There you go. He's got a bulldog. Hopefully, what was their other bulldog? What was... Sid. Sid, that's right. That's the one that I backed over. Yeah, you backed R-I-P over. R.I.P. Sid. Yeah.
0: yeah, R.I.P. Sid. And, and doggies also, if you want to pay the insurance for the chip on the paint. That'd, yeah. be, that'd be handy. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to hit the road. We are Junk Time Out for Pod at Gmail, Twitter, Facebook and the Gram. Go. Go Go Blues.